Hello there, and welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S2E24, If These Dolls Could Talk. Almost to the end of Season 2, Pretty Little Liars. Wonderfully this, so. This is the penultimate episode. What a great episode, right? It's so penultimate that we're not going to break it down by character like we usually do, because it would be pointless <laughs> We we tried, and there was just really no way to make it work because everything's so interconnected. And because this episode is fucking bonkers. Mm -hmm. It is a wonderful, wonderful episode. Yes. Uh, so, kicking it off, we start off with uh, Spencer's, like, sleeping on the couch. Um, the nice shot of, like, panning across, like, Spencer's body and over the coffee table in front of her, and we see some pills. A couple bottles of pills on the table in front of her, as and you then, do. And she wakes up, and... Boom, it's Allison right there in front of her. Allison is going through the bag that they got from Jason. I like how Allison isn't even looking at her at first. And then she kind of hears Spencer wake up and turns around. Yeah. And she says, don't. Don't scream, please. <laughs> um, Allison's just kind of like, oh, you must be so mad at me for not telling you about Jason. <laughs> um, and then she's like, ooh, painkillers. Yeah, she's she's digging in the bag. Apparently she needs something from that bag. And she's like, well, it would have been so different if I had told you about Jason. And, you know, we're practically sisters. And you deserve a decent sister, Spencer. <laughs> and I like how she, she sees the painkillers and she's like, Kiskase? Ooh, painkillers. Mind if I take some for the road? <laughs> um, yeah, so Spencer starts to tell Allison about Duncan and the flight. And oh, they, Allison... they found out about uh, Vivian. She's like, oh, are you still hiding out as Vivian? Like, we, we met Duncan. Yeah. And, and she's like, well, he's always talked too much. She's like, he talks too much. Hmm. But she says, I'm, I'm glad you guys haven't given up. And that there's something in the bag that will help Spencer. But Allison can't tell her what it is. And that she shouldn't get too hung up on the details. And miss what's parked right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, then I like there's a, an interesting moment here. She kind of. She runs a hand over Spencer's face and, like, pushes a hair behind her ear, and she says, you know, I miss you, Spencer. I miss the fierce look you get when you had to know the answer, had to win the game. But this isn't Yahtzee, sweetie. This is some serious, messed up stuff. But here's the good news. You're getting warmer. Yeah. Allison's awesome. I love everything she says. Yeah, she's she's crazy. Yeah. Um. And then we kind of realize through some creative kind, it looks like Spencer might have been asleep. This is a dream. Well, there's a there's a noise, and so Spencer quickly grabs the bag and shoves it under the couch that she's sleeping on, mm -hmm. and then her, her hand just kind of flops after she shoves it under, and then it, it pans back up, and it's daytime now. It's very, very clever editing and cutting, because it all seems like one shot. It pans yes. back up, and now she's she's sleeping. It's daytime. And Melissa comes downstairs in her bathroom. She's like, it's freezing. Why was the door open all night? And Spencer looks up. The door's open, and one of her pill bottles is open, and so... Was that real? Was it a hallucination? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. What a great, weird, bizarre, wonderful opening. Well, every uh, so often I'll see things online where people are like, why do these girls even give Allison the time of day? You know, like, just, Allison's lame. But it's like, when your friend can show up in your dreams and say crazy shit like that, mm -hmm. that's why. Mm -hmm. And then you wake up and, like, your your the cap is off your pill bottle <laughs> and the door is open like somebody might have exited. This isn't Yahtzee, sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. Allison is just like their very bizarre manic pixie like Tyler Durden. <laughs> um, 
And this is the first time I think that she's really appeared like this dispenser, right? This is the first time she's appeared as Spencer. She has appeared to everyone except Arya now. Uh, Hannah saw her in the hospital. Emily saw her after the barn thing where mm-hmm. pres- presumably, possibly, Allie drug her out, or at least she dreamed that she did. Mm-hmm. And now Spencer has encountered her when when on multiple painkiller med- medications. Spencer's on painkillers. Um... I'm sure we'll talk well, about that more in the future. If, if we're going to interpret this as a, a hallucination. Um, interesting that in Spencer's hallucination of Allison, Allison is kind of like egging her on to like keep being Spencer, basically. Yeah. yeah. But there's also like a, like a very like intimate moment with the, the pushing the hair away from her face. Yeah, but not just egging her on, but also egging, like, like egging her on with like finesse. Like mm-hmm. keep your eye on the prize. Um, so getting the, the main episode, we're... we're into some more Spencer stuff. It's presumably like that day or late that day, what have you. Uh, Spencer and Emily are in a car outside of Emily's old house. Spencer's and, car, her SUV. Yeah, and Spencer's telling Emily about her dream. And uh, Spencer's, you know, still kind of shaken about this, about this whole thing that she you know, felt real. She's sure it's not real. She's crazy. Emily is basically saying that she doesn't think it was real, but that. It doesn't mean Spencer's crazy. It's that she was on like two different medications, mm-hmm. and you know Allie's been holding their ho- their brains like hostage for quite a while now. I like how Spencer says that she could still smell Allie's cream rinse after she left. Yeah, she says, "You think I'm losing it, don't you?" And Emily's like, "Losing it, losing it, <laughs> bitch. You lost it a long time ago." Yeah, but Emily brings up the, the barn thing when she was pulled from the gassy barn, mm-hmm. and uh, she thought she saw Allison too. Um, and she basically says that we won't be able to sleep until we all found out what really happened to her. Yeah, essentially, it's, there's so much unresolved grief wrapped up in all of this that until they find out, you know, until they kind of like solve her mystery, they they won't be past it. Um, which, in, well, a, in a way, this show is a lot about dealing with that sort of grief. Well, I, I don't think it's just grief, though. I think that's the, the point of the show is that it, they have a very complicated relationship with Allison. The only one who's come well, it's, through... It's not just grief, but that definitely plays a big part yeah, in yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like... Uh, I mean, guilt, too. <laughs> guilt and and certain dislike and... You know what I mean. Like uh, uh, like Hannah dealt with it kind of bit when she talked to the invisible chair, or the, mm-hmm. the invisible person in the chair. Um well, I've I always kind of wondered, did you think Arya has the same issues with Allison? Like, uh, oh, I guess there's the dad thing. I was going to say, like, like, like Hannah and, mm-hmm. and Spencer and Emily did. Well, Arya probably got along best with Allison. They were somewhat simpatico. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could channel Matt Dillon for a moment and just say, the fact is, you never get clear of something like this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, they're never, like, they're always going to be haunted by this. Yeah, exactly. They're always going to be haunted by Alice in some way. Um, so we find out that that basically they're parked in front of Emily's old house. Emily is, you know, powering up Spencer there, but she's it's before school, but she needs to go and talk to the old the tenants in her old house because they're moving out because Emily and her mom are moving back in. Mm-hmm. Um, so as Emily gets out of the car and starts to walk into the house, she gets a text from fucking Maya. A bitchy text is just like, wow, why'd you tell my parents I was alive? <laughs> it's like, really? You, yeah. You, you wanted your parents to think you're dead? Okay. Well, and, and not just that. She says, like, whose side are you on, Emily? 
Thought I could trust you. Whose side are you on? Which, what the fuck? I know. It's not like she told them like where Maya was hiding out or something. She's like, P.S. Your your daughter is still living. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. Well, like, well, how does Maya know that she told her parents? It's a good question. I mean, I guess. Well, I guess her phone is still working, so they could have just texted her and be like, "Emily told us you're alive." Like, why are you so awful, Maya? Yeah. Really? <laughs> exactly. I did notice that Emily has black nail polish. We can see when she's reading the text. Hmm. Maybe Emily's going through some things. Mm-hmm. So then there's Hannah. Hannah and Ashley are, are in the Marin kitchen in the morning. Um, Hannah's, you know, basically confirming what, what we only kind of learned that previously that uh, Emily had to leave early because she had to go talk to the tenants in the house. Um, and so Ashley's asking, has there been any news on that fire in the dealer rent's house? Like, like <laughs> any leads? Any leads? Like, and Hannah's like, leads? <laughs> <laughs> Just put two more detectives on the case. Mm-hmm. They got us working in shifts. And then, then Hannah's purse starts ringing. Yeah. And uh, Ashley's like, what was that? And Hannah's like, hmm, what? I don't know what you're talking about. And the purse rings again. Uh, I like how Hannah's move is just like, you know, complete denial. And Ashley's, Ashley's eyes narrow. She's not happy. She's like, your purse is ringing. And so Ashley pulls out the phone and answers it. And like how we like cut to Caleb. He's like, hello, Hannah. And Ashley's just like, Hannah doesn't have a phone. Click. Well, she's just like, no, this is her mother. And I don't know what you're calling on, Caleb, because Hannah doesn't own a phone anymore. And she hangs up. I wish they could come back to Caleb. I know. You never get his reaction. I really wanted Caleb just like, looks at the phone like, huh? Like, he looks at the phone like, what? (laughs) God, my girlfriend's weird. I just got back from Montecito and what the fuck? Um, so Hannah has to tell Ashley that she has Mona's old phone. And by the way, that, that scene where Hannah pretends, like, just know what's going on and the, mm-hmm. the phone keeps ringing, like, they play that scene for the right exact amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so Hannah has Mona's old phone. Um, and it's because Mona needs to be able to reach her at all times. At all times. Mona's in a crisis and I need to be there for 24 7, Hannah says. Well, and Ashley's like, why? You pulled one girl out of a burning building. That doesn't make you Rosewood's new fire chief. Yeah, uh, and then Mona shows up because uh, Hannah's like, "You, uh, you know, I thought you were gonna honk." Because I guess that was Mona calling, or no, it wasn't Mona calling. It was Caleb calling. It's but, Caleb. Uh, yeah, Mona comes in, and Ashley's like, "Hey, Mona, like, here's your phone back. Please respect my authority." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so Mona kind of goes a little like Eddie Haskell on, uh, <laughs> "Oh, hey, is that an egg white omelet back there?" Like, you know, you're so like like lean and fit and sexy and better than Martha Stewart. And you're all this making stuff. Martha Stewart look like a slacker. Yeah, which I wonder if there's like an insider training trading like joke inside there about how like <laughs> she's also committing corporate crime. Um, and, that would be pretty astute, yeah. Yeah, and Ashley can't help but just smile. You know, she's like, "Hmm, that Mona. I like having her sunshine blown up my ass." Yeah, and she's just like, I'm getting a little enough of uh, my daughter's like friends like lying to me, and, like mm-hmm. blowing sunshine right up my cooch. And Hannah's just like, drop it, Mona. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um, so Arya goes to visit Ezra in his office at Hollis. Um, she shows up with some coffee. And she says, uh, it's okay. Her dad's at a conference in New York. So, you know, don't worry, Ezra. You're yeah. not about to get like pounced on by security or anything. And he's like, thanks. Those coffee cups are clearly empty. Yeah. He makes that comment about uh, the job offer they turned down. 
And she's on how he like he doesn't normally celebrate turning down a job offer. Yeah. Oh, and she's like, besides, that wasn't a real job offer. That was my dad trying to control our lives, and you show them that he can't. Um, and Ezra just gives her this look like you <laughs> do not understand. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but you know, shit's been pretty chilly here, you know, with the dean yeah. since I turned that job down. Just FYI, and then Byron's not even back yet, and Arya's like, nah, eh, whatever. Yeah, not a big deal to me. Yeah, she's like, don't worry, my dad's not that powerful, which <laughs> I feel like that's one of those lines. Like, you know, like obviously, like months earlier, Ezra should have realized what kind of shitstorm he was into. But he should have been like, oh dear, like, uh, what the fuck am I into? Like, this, <laughs> like, she really is at a war with her dad, and I'm just like one of the pawns. But so they start to kiss, and Ezra is kind of kissing her pretty weakly. And so Arya just kind of like, hey, he's three, he's three states away. You might as well like lean into yeah, it. You can at least lean into it. Which, oh, Ezra. I feel like Ezra's only, it's just now dawning on him, like, how bad the situation <laughs> he is. All right, so cut to Jennifer. She's at home, and she's peeling off her bandage. Even though Toby comes in and says, hey, like, you're supposed to let the doctor do that. And she's like, no, I can't wait till after school. I don't need a doctor for this. I couldn't sleep last night. Like, here we go. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and so like we don't know what we're about to be in store for here. Like, presumably, she could potentially be able to see based on whatever happened here. At first, you're thinking bandage, there could be some kind of weird mm-hmm. scar injury. But I mean, whatever's under that bandage couldn't be anything worse than Toby's face, right? Oh yeah, which his face, by the way, is the first thing that she wants to see, theoretically, if the if this worked. So she kind of peels it off, and you see her eye, and her eye is like this terrifying, gnarly. It's all like red around the edges, and pretty good makeup job there. Yeah, I mean, it looks, you know, like kind of gross. Like there's been a procedure previously done here. Um, it almost looks like infected. It's all like red, like yeah. around the eyelids and whatnot. And yeah, she never said it. Prior to that, though. Uh, Toby, you know, had wanted to get the fuck out of that room once he realized that she was going to go ahead and open it. And she was just like, oh, no, Toby, like yours is the first face I want to see. And even his his gross face is kind of mm. like, yuck. Yeah, so she takes the bandage off and she's kind of staring ahead, like possibly, possibly looking at herself in the mirror, but like not really focused. And she like just starts to cry and breathe heavily because apparently it has not worked. You know? Yeah, and he starts to... Toby's like, I'm so sorry, Jenna. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, uh, who's the worst actor? Like Keanu Reeves or, or Keegan Allen? Hey, hey, don't insult Keegan Allen. Wow, he's he's really selling Toby as the, you know a guy who has that face. Yeah, <laughs> sensitive guy, guy who's been afflicted with that face since he was mm-hmm. born. Um, so then we're back at school. It's, a, it's the start of the school day. Uh, Spencer has shown up at the like little table to quad. I love that they had like a reserve like table. liars confab in the quad. Yeah, yeah, showed up because she's. At first, I thought decoded, but really, she's just read the newspapers that were used as wrapping. She's figured out the deal with the newspapers they found. Yeah, which was that Allison was contacting A through the qual- the classifieds. They were like having a conversation. Yeah. That ultimately, like Allie would be like, "Hey, let's stop this," and then A would be like, "Why? I'm having too much fun," and eventually culminated with. Allie planned to meet A in Brookhaven to end things, and there's like an address in Brookhaven to meet at. Well, I kind of like the, there's a sassiness to A though, mm-hmm. because so Allie's message was, Dear A, what's it going to take to end this? You need to stop AD. 
And Al, and A's response was, dear desperately seeking silence, who says I want to end this? <laughs> um, at one point, Arya kind of snatches away the paper to look at after Spencer reads this. And again, I, I read like something suspicious to like literally every move mm-hmm. Arya makes when she's by her friends. But so Spencer shows them that there's a last one before Labor Day. That Allison was supposed to meet A at 235 Spruce Street in Brookhaven. And they recognize that address. That's right by the doll hospital they went to a couple episodes ago. Yep. So, and hmm. so that they've just dropped that bombshell on themselves. And they look over and see <gasps> Toby and fucking Jenna. Jenna thinks she's still wearing sunglasses. She, she's being guided by Toby. No bandage. It's not clear whether or not she can see at least the liars. Um, and she, she, Toby guides Jenna up to the table and she wants to talk to all the liars. And then she basically sends Toby away. Well, she says, are they all here? Mm -hmm. And Toby says they are. So she dismisses Toby so she can speak to them. Well, then she, she sits down next to Arya and Arya has the funniest look on her face (laughs) as she like scoots out of the way. Arya and, uh, and Jenna is always the weirdest pairing. Mm -hmm. But, um, Hannah quite bluntly just says, can you see or not? And Spencer's like, oh, my God, Hannah, you can't just ask people if they're blind. Yeah, exactly. Um, so eventually Arya deduces the surgery did not work. Yeah. Jenna says she can't see, but she knew the odds. Yeah. And so um, but she says that this morning she had woken up seeing clearly just not of her eyes. <laughs> She's basically overcome with the feels because Hannah saved her life. Hannah could have let her die, but she didn't. And it made Jenna realize that people can grow, and now it's her turn. And she's here to apologize and let go of her anger. And can, can they please just move on? Um, and I like this because, f- from one perspective, it's it's really kind of like a beautiful little mea culpa here. Like, Jenna's crying the whole time as she kind of issues this apology. And you really, you know, there's the, the human part of you really wants, like, a reconciliation here. You know, it's like, why... Why can't you girls just hug it out? But the liars are like fundamentally incapable of like feeling it when it comes to Jenna. Like, yeah, because because to do that would be to acknowledge their own like guilt. I think, which I think that's probably why they can't ever acknowledge Jenna's feelings. Um, so Emily's just like, what are you apologizing for? Like basically probing to see is, is she saying she's a and and Jenna says, well, for holding a grudge, for hating you guys and. She, then she kind of mentions that I, I've never been the person that you really need to fear. Yeah, uh, Jenna. I mean, we the audience know that Jenna's holding something back. She's obviously committed much greater sins against these girls, but she she's she's apologizing to them like she is just a victim and nothing else at all. I wouldn't say that. Um. Well, because Emily Emily is very suspicious. Emily's the one who remains. Uh, on Team Jenna, as far as who is A, who is the the mm-hmm. worst person in the world, and uh, what do you have to apologize for? We know previously that something happened between Jenna and Garrett against these girls. Mm-hmm. Page five of the autopsy, but Jenna's not copying to that. What she's well, she says she's to, done things that she's not proud of. You know, yeah, but she she's doesn't not, say what. But she's not like uh, giving that impression to these girls. She's basically just saying. Uh, I've carried around all this anger. I decided to forgive you, you stone cold bitches. And she says, to "Like, look, like I'm not the one you need to really fear." She's she's trying to tell them she's not a basically. Yeah. 
So then she she gets up and uh, unfolds her blind people cane and taps her ass away. Well, but so it's interesting is because yeah, if you're right, if she's saying, "Look, look, I'm not a you crazy bitches," like that's a conversation they should be probing more. You know that, that Jenna's clearly aware of mm. a or some kind of a like entity. But no, they're so still like so freaked out just that Jenna's like like spoken to them and like dropped this weird mm-hmm. bomb. That, yeah, they're just kind of frozen as Jen, Jen, like you said, like taps herself away. And then Emily's like, please don't tell me you bought that. And Arya's like, I kind of did. Because <laughs> Arya's, Arya's the one who's most likely to uh, kind of acknowledge the emotions of Jenna and like the human side of her. Well, especially after the, uh, the pottery incident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily basically suggests that Jenna started that fire at the dealer went home to deflect suspicion from herself. Yeah. Well, even before the pottery incident, in the, like the second episode, Arya's the one who gets up from the table to like guide Jenna over to sit with them. Like mm-hmm. for whatever reason, like the that pure hatred that the other liars have for Jenna, Arya doesn't have. And um, by extension, quite possibly, I don't think really Hannah, Hannah does either. Mm-hmm. Even, I think Hannah's gotten it all out of her system. But I think she's still in a way proud of slapping Jenna. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her letting go of her anger. But yeah, Emily still thinks that Jenna had something to do with that fire, and even Spencer thinks that's nuts. It's like, what, she, like, willingly, like, almost killed herself? In order, well, the, you know? the analogy here is, is Arya's like, well, I've heard of cu- heard of cutting off your nose to spite your face, but that's... And Spencer cuts in with cutting off your whole face. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah still thinks it's Melissa, but Arya points out that Melissa already confessed to sending texts to Allie, so, you know... Why would she do that if she were A? And Spencer says that, well, Vivian probably, you know, knew more about this A situation. And that's, and that's why she was killed. So they need to go to Brookhaven, do some investigating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's still there's still some questions. Could it be Garrett? Hannah is very much it's Melissa. Um, oh, there's a great bit there where we, uh, we hear them talk about. Melissa, you know, mentioning that she had sent the text messages to Allison and uh, Spencer thinks that Allison definitely figured who I got is. That's why she's mm-hmm. not sitting there with them. Um, so let me cut to Hannah and Mona in the school hallway. Mona walks up. Apparently she's just got another A text demanding that she break up Hannah and Caleb or that break up. It was like, you know, break up Hannah from her hottie or, or you will go back to being a, a naughty. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Mona has to give Hannah her phone back. Yeah. She's like, here's your phone back. And she's like, let's see if you got a text. Uh, but Hannah didn't. Hannah drops that she's uh, hasn't gotten a text since the fire and that she's going to Brookhaven. And Mona's like, well, what's in Brookhaven? Well, no, the, the build up to that is Hannah gets her phone back. She's like, no, I don't have a text. And she really doesn't seem to care that much that mm-hmm. Mona just got another A text. She's just like, oh, whatever, you know. And she's like, yeah, sorry, I got things to do. And Mona's like, well, what, what's going on? What are you going to do about this? And Hannah's like, I don't know. Yeah, I might have more info after I get back to Brookhaven. And Mona's like, what, wait, what's in Brookhaven? And Hannah's like, never mind. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb shows up. And it's super awkward between Mona and him. Because apparently it's like movie night for Hannah and Caleb tonight. But Mona's going to be sleeping over. Yeah. And so Mona's going to be there. And Caleb is just like, that is great. <laughs> Well, at first, Caleb walks up and he gives this look to Mona, no words, and then mm-hmm. looks away. It's it's the coolest, like coldest gesture. Ever. It's like he's saying, like, 
all right, I'm here now. Why are you still here? Well, it's it's also just like he's basically silently said her said to her, mm-hmm. "I don't want to hear your mouth." Yeah, the entirety of the time that I'm standing here talking to my girlfriend. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Hannah's like, maybe she can join us, and Caleb is just like, great. Um. But then Moda's like, uh, oh no, I have a paper due. Obviously, Moda's just making an excuse not to be around. Yeah. Um. But that she's that they're still on for the summer party, and so Moda mm-hmm. takes off. And so Hannah's like, well, can you at least pretend not to hate her? And Caleb's like, well, I thought it was. Yeah, he's like, that That was me, pretending not to hate your friend. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. <laughs> All right, so cut to Arya. She's in Ella's classroom, leaving a note for Ella about how she's, like, hanging out with Spencer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and she can't even like, text her mom. No, no. As she's, like, laying that note down. Well, I feel like it's almost like Ella's not worthy of Arya's texting skills anymore. No. Um, so, yeah, as she's, like, laying that note down, she sees another note that's addressed to Ella that says, can you send over Arya's transcript? It's from Byron. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, hmm? So she flips over this note to find that attached, it's attached to an application for a girls' boarding school. Girls' bo- boarding school in Vermont. Vermont. Eyes narrow. So we cut to Brookhaven as the the girls are all rounding the corner, Arya in the lead, and Arya is just she's on fire right now. Like oh, she's pissed. She's like couldn't run as her out of town, so they shipped me off. And she's not even really talking to them. She's just like kind of like ranting to herself. Yeah. Yeah, the other the other three girls are kind of an accessory at this point. Mm-hmm. Spencer's trying to ask questions and, you know, get with Arya on this, but Arya Arya's looking for a fight with someone, yeah. anyone. And uh, let's talk about her outfit here. She's got on a tight black jacket, a uh, top that's kind of like black and pink. She appears to have like a black mini skirt on, but then over it, she's got like this really gauzy pink see-through skirt. Um, so, and- so enough that you know underneath this fairly see-through, uh, not mm-hmm. quite sheer skirt that there's... Um, like Something another short, <laughs> yeah. black, which it leaves like so much to the imagination. I think, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's literally wearing like a door knocker around her neck as a yeah. necklace. Like it's it's like it's uh, probably about two inches wide. It's like a lion with a little door knocker in its mouth. Like that's what she's wearing on her necklace. I don't know what the hell that is. Mm-hmm. But that's Arya. And so Hannah's basically like, exactly. Arya... Yeah, meta statement of all Arya things. Her fashion is, I don't know what the fuck that is. And so they talk a little bit about this whole, you know, getting shipped off to Vermont thing. And Hannah's basically like, well, Arya, you're going to need to handle your shit because you can't move away now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Arya says that she feels like her dad is turning this into a war. Mm-hmm. Um, so- Arya's like, it's treason then. <laughs> Unlimited power. So the girls eventually end up in front of this creepy fucking doll hospital because uh, 235 Spruce Street does not exist. But the creepy uh, lady who is the proprietor of the doll hospital showing up uh, catches their attention. This woman is very off-putting. Her first comment is, we're not open. Well, and this is where Spencer has to lay on the Hastings charm. She she kind of puts on her like good girl you know mode. Yeah. And just walks up and is like, hello there, old woman. We'd like to talk to you. She asks if they keep, she, the old lady keeps records of purchase. And the lady's just like, we don't sell that much. 
<laughs> and she's like, what about that creepy voodoo doll in your window? And the lady's like, oh, we don't sell that doll. It was left here. Yeah. Um, but they, like, yeah, Spencer, like, she's taking on, like, her good girl, like, uh, Nancy Drew card, and she's like, mm-hmm. oh, let me ask some questions. And Lay's like, you can ask. Doesn't mean I have answers. Yeah. Um, they mostly do repairs at the doll shop. Uh, but Spencer knows that they sell at least some because mm-hmm. a friend of hers got that creepy fucking voodoo doll with the giant heart there in the window. Uh, and Lay says, oh, we never sold those. Those were left here. <laughs> Whatever that means. So, and they're looking in the window and panning over like these creepy doll heads and faces. And then like suddenly one of those things is not a doll. It's like a little boy, mm-hmm. like looking out at them, like a live human being. And Arya's like, what the fuck? And like kind of jumps away from the window. Uh, Arya's reaction is fantastic. Yeah. It's a human mm-hmm. heads boy and he blinks and yeah, Arya freaks the fuck out. So like quietly kinda, freaking the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. The lady kind of like brings them in, has a good creepy chuckle. Um, this kid, kid we find out is Seth. Seth, yeah. Uh, inside this this doll hospital is basically like a nightmare hell world of like doll parts. There's like all these bins full of like doll arms and legs and heads. There's like dolls just like hanging from the ceiling for some reason. Uh, it's terrifying. It is literally my nightmare. Um, and there's like you immediately like go down the stairs when you get inside. It's like well, you know underground so. or something. They're kind of implying that they're in a basement level, mm-hmm. um, because later on we'll hear of that. But I, I think there's actually like some kind of main area upstairs. Yeah, there's a main so, area, but they immediately like go downstairs. Yeah, yeah, which is super creepy. Um, so Spencer, the lady, the lady asks, you know, she goes downstairs. She asks about the doll they're looking for. They try to explain. Um, Spencer starts to engage with the woman. The little boy cuts her off because this little boy, real quick, I want to point out, he's creepy as fuck. He looks like one of the like children of the damned or something. He looks like a cross between a gypsy and somebody who might sing in the Arcade Fire. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, you, they mean the voodoo doll. Another girl came in and asked about it. So Ari's like, when was this? And he's like, oh, summer before last. Well, he says it's like summer for last. You know, yeah. like he has like a weird draw. Um, and so they're like, uh, what do they say? Um, this girl wanted to know who bought it, you know, like the, that's, that's who came in. Like this girl came in wanting to know who bought that doll. And so they show him a picture of Allie on their phone. And they're like, is that her? And he says, well, that's her face, but she had dark hair. Yeah, yeah, ooh. Such a such a great, like, simple comment, like, eliciting the Vivian mm-hmm. Darkbloom from before. Yeah. Um, he didn't know who sold the doll, but he told her to stop looking, because there were pe- people who wanted to hurt her, a man and a woman. And this whole time, like, he's just being, like, super creepy, and the old bag keeps telling him, like, oh, why don't you shut up there, Zeth? They don't care about this. Zeth, <laughs> hold your tongue! Mm-hmm. Well, I love that they've just, like, entered some kind of, like, creepy, uh... Uh, like, I don't know, like, like backwoods mm-hmm. <laughs> in Brit. Like, it's like something like rejected from True Detective. The girls are just thinking like, what the hell is going on? And then the old bag is just like, oh, that didn't actually happen. And he, he just saw it in his mind before it happened because he's gifted. And they're just like, wow, that just went exactly where we figured it was going to go. Yeah. Um, so I think Spencer starts the one is the one asking like more about this man and woman now. And the lady's like, well, Oh, these folks, they never actually came into the shop. Like, like Seth here, he just saw them in his mind because he's, 
he's gifted, mm-hmm. which is uh, so they asked, you know, what the couple looks like. They don't hear anything about the man, but the woman had dark hair. Like so they Spencer's. Asked, yeah, like Spencer's. They ask if she had sunglasses or a cane or Hannah. Was she blind? <laughs> and the kid says, oh, no, she can see. Um, so the lady sends Seth away. She's like, asks, oh, Seth, why don't you go upstairs? They're not interested in hearing about this. Yeah. Uh, and he turns back. Even quick, though they clearly are. Yeah, they're, they're on the edge of their fucking seats and they weren't <laughs> standing. And he's like, sorry about what happened to her. Must be awful breathing dirt into your lungs. I don't even like having sand in my mouth. So he leaves and the four liars are like, what the fuck? <laughs> and we just cut to Hannah's kitchen. Aria has pulled out a frozen pizza and she's just like, can we split this? Is this enough? And it's like, no, Aria, that will be not be enough to split. And this is the limitation of these four girls having to be in high school because if this was like a show about adults, they would be splitting like a, like a flask. Mm-hmm. Well, and also that pizza, ugh, that just looks gross. Yeah. Frozen pizza is terrible. Um, and the other liars are all just like spooked, you know, but Arya is mostly just concerned with how to split the pizza. And she <laughs> says, guys, seriously, he's nine years old. He's never seen the sun and he probably lives in a cupboard with like 600 dolls. Chill the fuck out. Oh, I, I feel like, uh, like this, this brings up two things for like the the fan who at this point, you know, an episode away from the finale of season two, you're either like just incredibly horny for like who could be potentially a like you're looking for every angle and facet of this mystery. You're looking at two things here: either like Arya is clearly like a because mm-hmm. she's not phased by yeah. this. I mean, she was earlier, but now she's not, which is odd. Or you're just like, oh, that crazy Arya, like she's literally like a Tim Burton character. And uh, so Hannah is still assuming that it was, there was Melissa and Ian that Seth was talking about. That was the man and the woman. And Spencer is basically like, well, we need to go back. Like, you know, we need to investigate that further. And and she basically reveals, because, like, Hannah's like, no, we're not going back. And then Spencer's like, no, we have to. And she says that her parents hired a PI to investigate Melissa because mm-hmm. they thought she could have hurt Allie. And so there's the, there's some the real smoke like, here regarding say Melissa. Say that again? Yeah, they're like, what? Well, because it's interesting is because we find out that well, the other three liars are finding out basically what Spencer's been up to for the past three episodes at home mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And they, she also says, like, oh, in addition to the whole P.I. thing, Melissa has accused my father of wanting Allie dead because Allie knew that, uh, well, how to put this, Jason's my brother. You know? mm-hmm. This is all news to the other three liars. Yeah, yeah, they're like they're ready to like hit that frozen pizza hard now. But so then she's just like she drops out that oh by the way guys, Allison being the uh, the wonderful princess that she was was basically dropping hints and teasing the fuck out of this for <laughs> the entire time I knew her. Yeah, like, like a good friend. Cold, yeah, this don't call bitch as she was. And it's uh, it's unclear whether or not Allie was like rubbing this in Melissa's face, but Spencer knows that Melissa hated Allie's guts, mm-hmm. and she would have driven by that doll shop every way, every day on the way to work. Yeah. Uh, so then we cut to Arya's bedroom to what is quite possibly one of the most delicious scenes that I think I've ever encountered in this show. <laughs> Ella's doing some of Arya's laundry. Arya walks in and there's a, uh, there's like some brief moments of politeness as she's like, Oh, is dad back from New York? And Ella, you know, it's like, Oh, not yet. And Arya's like, well, I hope you had time to go to that conference when he wasn't trying to ship me to boarding school. And she just like fucking unloads. Like yeah. out of nowhere. The chamber was locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. 
She says, what was the plan, Mom? Were you going to haul me off kicking and screaming in the middle of the night? Well, so Ella tries to come up. Well, you know, this isn't, this, like, Ella personally, she never talks about Byron anymore. She talks mm-hmm. about herself solely. And she's basically saying that she didn't consider this solely because of Ezra, but also because there's a lot of weird fucking shit happening in Arya's life right now. Like, she's being bullied. And Arya comes back immediately with, the only people bullying me right now are you and Dad. <laughs> because she's A, so clearly yeah. A is not bullying her. Yeah. yeah, literally my notes say, which may be true. Well, I didn't write down all the dialogue because Arya's just like, she's on like a tear. Like, she's oh, just like spouting like hatred. There like, is some choice, juicy lines here. Arya screams at one point, Dad's trying to punish me, which is really unfair because I forgave him for what he did. Yeah, she's like, you may be trying to keep me safe, but Dad's trying to punish me, which is really unfair because she because I forgave him for what he did. And I just wrote down, yep, she went there. <laughs> and there's like, Arya's been waiting to play that card. The whole yeah. time. But I mean, like, this would have been the moment where Ella could have slapped Arya. <laughs> and then, the, I love this line, Arya says, I mean, if I had wanted to hurt him, I could have done something about it. Dot, dot, dot. I still could. But she does, the, the way they block out this scene is perfect. Lucy Hale walks past Ella to the bed. As, as she's saying she that, yeah. She starts, like, touching the fresh laundry that Ella's just brought. And she won't face her. Like, she just, like, drops this, like, this is the kind of evil line you can only drop when you're not <laughs> looking at the person. Exactly. It's still um, good. Yeah, and so she basically says, well, what do you think would happen if someone were to call the dean and tell them that Byron had an affair with one of his grad students? And she says, where would they send him? Yeah, where would they send him? To me, As this, she looks back at Ella. <laughs> yeah, this is the so it's treason that yeah. scene. Um, Ella walks out of this bedroom with a look on her face that I really think... I mean, mind you, Ella's very aloof. That's how Holly mm-hmm. Marie Combs plays Ella constantly. Yeah. But Ella has a look on her face that's basically, to me, emoting, we need to kill this bitch with fire. <laughs> I just wrote down that Arya, she's, she's sarcastic, she's mean, and she's just like a stone-cold killer in this scene. And Ella's, Ella's like horrified. She's like, oh my god, you're a fucking monster. She... Uh, Arya comes off like an aroused, virile witch in full possession of her faculties. This is what happens when you back Arya into a corner. She is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. She has claws and fangs, and I think when she opens her mouth a little too wide, it spews venom everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also, this is almost why you want her to be distracted with her Ezra bullshit most of the time. She's yeah. dangerous. You, you don't. You never want like Arya's attention one hundred percent directed your way. And I think we talked about this before, though, that there was this idea that uh, Spencer could always threaten Allison. Mm-hmm. But really, Arya was like her protege. Yeah, exactly. She was grooming her to be like this like venomous beast, just like her. I, mean, I, I think like Arya Hannah, has like, found those muscles now. Hannah kind of wanted to be Allie. Uh, Emily wanted Allie. You know, Spencer wanted the leadership that Allie had. But Arya was like just simpatico with Allie. Mm-hmm. Like they, like you never really, except for the the thing with her dad and the affair, you never really have seen them fighting in the flashbacks. No, you never. Like did. they, they seem to get along fairly well. Um, here, here's a spinoff for like a Kindle Worlds type thing. Uh, at night, uh, before she disappeared, Allison just comes into Arya's bedroom, opens her mouth, and like like vomits a part of her soul into Arya's body <laughs> to eventually take her over. After mm-hmm. her shell has like deceased, 
Um, because that's really what Arya's coming. I mean, there's a part of me that was just like, I have never loved Arya more <laughs> than I do right now. I mean, she is pissing gasoline onto fires as she's setting all over her loved ones. Um, Ella's just like, what monster have I raised? Yeah, yeah. Ella is just like wondering, like, there's a lot of wood furniture in here. I could probably splinter some of this off, stab it in her fucking heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're over at Spencer's house. Speaking of just juicy venom, Spencer comes home and Melissa's there in the kitchen, super sugary, bad for your teeth, sweet. And she's like, oh, look, you're home. Help me with these uh, thank you notes for the baby shower. And obviously Spencer's very nervous because Melissa's being nice right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Spencer's just kind of like frozen in this moment of like sisterly like domesticity, and Melissa finally like casually drops you know, the, the whatever the hold is on Spencer, and Spencer like breathes in again, and she's just like okay, so she starts to make like a beeline for the stairs up to her room, freedom, and Melissa just casually drops back to her, hey, whose bag is that in your room? Yes, yeah, it's, it's extremely casual. Whose bag is that? And then Spencer's like, what? What? What are you doing in my room? And she's like, why are you so jumpy, Spencer? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Melissa's like, she's like, yeah, blah, 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 bullshit excuse. Why are you being so jumpy? Yeah. Um, Spencer mentions that the bag is, I mean, Spencer is kind of brazen for a moment here. I think she's mm-hmm. just kind of like, I'm going to just go for it for a second here. She's like, oh, the bag is Allison's. Pause. Jason gave me some of her things. Mm-hmm. Melissa's not breaking. She's in character. Oh, just give it to charity. It's morbid. Yeah, it's Hang morbid on holding on to that. Yeah. So Spencer's like, well, Okay, you you've showed up to the poker game. Mm-hmm. I will go full full like tilt like full tilt throttle here. So she pulls out the iPad and starts playing the the NAT video where where Melissa walks into Allie's room that night, and she's just like, "Can you explain this?" And I like how like Melissa just like her whole demeanor shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, "How do you even have this? Did you steal it from Ian?" Well, it's I thought we were past this. What I like is that that's like that that first sentence though is like it's actually three questions. Mm-hmm. How do you have this? Did you steal it from Ian? Yeah, and then an accusation. I thought we were past this. Yeah, and Spencer's just like, oh, I'm really concerned, and so are mom and dad. That's why they hired somebody. And then like she stops herself, you know, and then she just says they suspected you. And I, I like the look Melissa gives to Spencer there. It almost makes me wonder. Like, if, if we're going by the theory that the PI was actually hired to investigate Spencer, mm-hmm. when Spencer says that, it almost looks like Melissa looks at her and is like, wait, what did they tell you? You know? Yeah, like, yeah. like uh, so Melissa knows, and she's just like, huh, okay. Well, I guess I don't always know how Veronica fits into this is the same, but it's pretty good guess that uh, Peter, Melissa, and Spencer are playing each other off of one another. Mm-hmm. and loving it. Um, yeah. Melissa says that she was only in that house that night looking for Ian. Um, and so Spencer starts to talk about, because Spencer does not want to believe that Melissa killed Allison. Well, and Melissa says, well, I didn't do anything. You know, I was just there looking for Ian. Yeah. Um, so obviously now the 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 onus of guilt shifts back to Jenna and Garrett. Mm-hmm. And Melissa's like, well, well, wait a minute here. Like, uh, just because they wanted her dead... Didn't mean they killed her. Had this town wanted that girl disappear. Yeah. Uh, which that line will come back mm-hmm. in one of ways at some point. Um, so Spencer's like, you know what? I don't think I can hold on to this. I, I think I need to turn this into the police. And I don't mean Garrett. Mm-hmm. And this is when Melissa, I'll let you handle this, but she basically evokes what we just saw from Arya. 
Yeah, she says, oh, you know, you should be careful. Because uh, if she turn, you know, if you turn that video in, other videos might surface. Mm-hmm. You know, some videos that you know you might not come off too well in. Yeah, you and your friends. But like, she does this like her back is the Spencer. <laughs> she's not looking at her, um, and she's just dropping this like so like casually. I mean, it's like Tori DeVito and Lucy Hale really need to be doing. Uh, I don't even know what Shakespeare play. To be honest <laughs> with you, you know what I mean. But like. Something royal and Shakespearean, like maybe once upon a time, like Ian McKellen played this role. Yeah. Um, well, and Melissa's like, I didn't ask questions about what I saw, but the police will. Well, prior to that, though, like Spencer's just like, she, she, she breaks, though. Like she can't keep up the facade as well as Melissa. Mm-hmm. She very innocently wounded. It's just like, well, like what? And Melissa never lets it go. Never lets the role go. I've never asked questions about what I saw. Yeah. Um, so that that makes us think that Melissa has seen some of these NAT videos, perhaps either from Ian or from Garrett, um, or at some point in the past. But she's she seems to be hinting here that she knows about the Jenna thing. Basically, yeah. that that's what I get out of that. Well, that's certainly what the girls like. That's their that's the primary sin that they feel they carry around with them mm-hmm. is the Jenna thing. So they're going to assume that that's what she's referring to. Yeah. Um. So the next day at school. Liar Squad Confab. Yeah, Confab 2. Uh, Hannah is convinced that Melissa's bluffing. And so the comment is that that's a pretty big plan to play with no cards. Mm-hmm. Well, I like that Emily is the one who's not so sure. I, I forgot to mention earlier that like the scene where it's Emily and Spencer discussing whether or not that hallucination was real. And then this scene where Emily's kind of like backing up Spencer's opinion. This is all very in line with my uh, Emily as Spencer's like imagined other self theory you know like emily and spencer are very connected in this episode the only kind of defending each other working things out with each other yeah you're right the only thing i and i can't think about the only thing that doesn't really like line up unfortunately is that this whole episode uh well not not necessarily i I take that back before i even say it like uh i would say aria remains kind of neutral Mm -hmm. about the whole melissa thing all we know is that she kind of believes Jenna's plea for neutrality and, you know, an armistice of some kind. Well, I almost feel like, you know, having watched, been watched the whole season of the House of Cards recently, Arya is, is going like the Frank Underwood route here, where she's, she's never going to directly accuse an enemy. Right. She's always going to be like, oh no, it couldn't be them. She's going to let Hannah do it. Well... I almost wanted Arya to chime in with, like, honestly, guys, this is kid shit. I'm burning my <laughs> entire family to the ground. And then she pounds on the table twice. <laughs> exactly, with her ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah's like, well, we need to trick Melissa into sending a text to prove she's A. Yeah. And then cut to Caleb. And Caleb is basically like, you're shitting me. Because yeah, Hannah is apparently, we don't know what, but she's proposed something to Caleb. Something that involves Mona. And then he says, this is like fear factor territory for him. And she's like, well, I need you to, you know, this isn't about the past anymore. I need you to help something. You know, we need to make something happen tonight. Yeah. Um, this is a crazy fucking plan, which is Hannah. It's Hannah to the T. Mm-hmm. Um, and Caleb doesn't approve, which sometimes Hannah and Caleb have a very like loving relationship that kind of defies whatever house uh, having Rosewood as apparently I'm a, I'm a huge team Caleb guy, <laughs> but uh, other times they're like their romance, like some kind of like crazy eighties, like buddy cop movie. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't remember which is which, but these two kids are fucking tango and cash. 
Um, I think Hannah's definitely Cash. So Caleb's Tango? I think so, yeah. Sure. Uh, then we get to the Ella's classroom where Arya comes into Ella's classroom and Ella plays it very cool for her. She's just like, did you make that call? Yeah, did you call the dean? And Arya's like, no. Yeah. Arya's like, no, a little contrite, you know. And Ella's like, well, I, I talked to Byron and the, the boarding school idea has been shelved. And Arya's like, oh, well, thank you. And Ella's basically like, don't thank me, you twisted psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're appalled with you. And Arya's like, we have to understand. You guys pushed me into a corner. Um, Arya's wearing, to make it even more hideous, Arya's wearing like the this like scary, to me, floral-ish like top with like these mm-hmm. big weird shoulders. Yeah, and Ella's like, look, your stupid threat had nothing to do with this. Why would you? Why would we send you to another state when you're a million miles away right now? Like you're threatening your own family. Yeah, and we don't recognize you anymore, and you're not the kind of person that turns on your own parents. Well, Narya's basically like, well, what? You don't expect me to turn on, you know, choose between you and Ezra, do you? Because, you know. Yeah, and so Ella, Ella then, Ella's not... Ella dropped something fairly ice cold. Ella here. used to be Arya, I think, is what I inferred from this. Like well, she's like this is not like a like a maybe she hasn't stepped onto this battlefield in a while, but these tactics are not unknown to Ella. Well, she says, you know, when I found out about you and Ezra, I was angry and I was confused, but I was never ashamed until now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Arya, like this, seems to roll right over Arya. Like she doesn't really acknowledge it. Uh, and Ella's like, you know, when I told your father what you said, like, he was speechless. Like, mm-hmm. I wish he could have heard him on the phone. Like, you fucking monster. And Arya's just like, the only relevant piece of information I got from this conversation is that the boarding school's off the table, so I win. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she she walks away with, like, no guilt at all. Even mm-hmm. though Ella, like, throws out, like, her grenade is I don't even know how to get back to who we once were. Yeah. And Arya just, I mean, Ella, that's pretty, like, now she's ashamed of her, you know, and, like, that means nothing to Arya. Exactly. Um. So then we cut to Emily. She's on some kind of stakeout. It's nighttime. She's in her car. She's watching. We're, like, in somewhere, whatever this kind of strip of, quote, unquote, downtown Rosewood looks like. She's watching Melissa go into some kind of shop. Like yeah, this cleaner? is the, the setup here. Is like no, it's a post office okay. or a, a shipping place. Like Emily is following Melissa in her car. Meanwhile, Caleb and Mona are like parked out front of this place, mm-hmm. and so we cut into that car. And Mona's like, "Should we put the dome light on? Should we turn it off?" Caleb just looks like he's just extremely unhappy to be there. Yeah, yeah, he looks like he'd like rather tear his own skin off. Mona unbuckles her seatbelt. He's like, why are you doing that? And she's like, we're barked. And then she, you know, grabs a like gum wrapper, takes her gum out. And she's like, you know, I'm not dumb. I know you hate me. Uh, and and uh, Kayla's just kind of like, you know, mild uh, resistance to that idea. And she's like, well, we both love Hannah. And that's why we're here. And then she kind of uh, a little explanation for where Mona's coming from here. Uh, after Allie left, she and Hannah got really tight, you know, um, and then, you know, Caleb showed up. Like yeah. they, they kinda they needed each other when they were nerdy and they kinda remade themselves as Queen Bees and they got really tight and then boom, Caleb and suddenly they're not hanging out as much and 
Hannah had found this great guy, and as Mona says, she was serial dating the lacrosse team. Yeah. She was jealous. The line that, the one line that she uses that I, I love that I actually wrote down was, Junior high was hellacious, and we <laughs> both needed extreme makeovers. And she pauses for a half a second, and she's like, and we got them. Mm-hmm. Which, I, I love the, the reading of that line, because it really implies that, like, they got their Queen Venus. Maybe it cost them something, but they got that, they were unified, they were a team, and then fucking Caleb showed up. Yeah. And she will acknowledge she was jealous. Yeah. But Mona is so fantastic that she will only acknowledge this right now in mm. this car to Caleb. No one <laughs> right, else will. Right when they this. have to do something here. Yeah. So yeah. Melissa exits the uh, like the ship in place there. Emily texts Mona and says, you know, showtime. And so then it's time for Mona and Caleb to very awkwardly start making out. Where like first Mona just kind of like leans on his shoulder and he's like, very uncomfortably stroking her hair and then she's like kissing him and he's pulling away and she's just like we're doing this for hannah <laughs> like they start making out and well, he's yeah. he's like always like backed up against the window like obviously not into it uh, and, and of course melissa is walking by and she like sees this and just like frowns like what the fuck is this you know like he's walking well i mean is she like oh my god this is uh this is hannah's boyfriend and her best friend making out or is she like who the fuck are these teenagers having the strangest makeout session I've ever seen in well, my even, life? Even if she like knows who these, you know, the situation is, like if she knew who Caleb and Mona and, and Hannah all were in their relationships, I think she's probably just thinking like, uh, teenagers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awkward. Um, so meanwhile, then we cut over to Hannah and Spencer. They're in Hannah's room. Uh, they're basically waiting to hear back on the results of this op. And Spencer's like, I can't believe you got Caleb to agree to that. Yeah. And Hannah says, well, he loves, it's simple. He loves me more than he hates Mona. That's how I did it. And then uh, A text Hannah. It says, basically, hey, Han, you're sharing everything with your BFF, even your BF? And, and so that that's all the proof Hannah needs. She's like Melissa's A. Um, which I thought was funny because this text, is it's an A text, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this was the closest A's ever gotten to basically being like Gossip Girl. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, Spencer, it's, Hannah's like, this is A, it's it's Melissa, Melissa's A, oh, holy fucking shit, Melissa's A, and Spencer is flabbergasted. Yeah, so Hannah's packing up all their shit, including her own laptop with the videos on it, they're putting it all in Allie's bag with all Allie's stuff to, like, take to the cops, mm-hmm. and Spencer's still freaking out, she's like, what am I going to tell my parents about this? Emily comes in, she's like, hey, yeah, I drove Caleb home, because he, like, he wanted to walk home, like, he wasn't going to let Mona drive him home. Yeah. Um, and she mentions that, you know, Caleb's pretty fucking confused, because first of all, his girlfriend asked him to do that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, he thinks this is Garrett and Jenna, they should be going after her, so he doesn't know why, like, we're not, you know, going yeah, after Garrett it, and Jenna. It doesn't make any sense to him, because to him, Garrett and Jenna are still the enemy. But Hannah's fired up. She just had her boyfriend make out for best friend from junior high. Uh, she wants to go to the cops. Everyone's pushing back against her now. We'll put Spencer and Emily because they're the same person. Mm-hmm. And so Hannah comes back. From, well, what's next then? Are we just going to hide in Melissa's closet? Maybe rub her belly into the baby confesses? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because Spencer wants more proof. But Hannah's like, after what I just made my boyfriend do, like, you know, this is all I need. Which, to be fair, this isn't like, a smoking gun necessarily no like a is like some sort of ghost ninja a could have been like watching or like had like a camera in the car who knows what well i think you and i had theories from the beginning of the show that mm-hmm. you know we're counter counter to what's happening here and 
we were more solidified, which we'll get into. But um, Spencer's yes. Spencer's basically like, well, ultimately, we're still just guessing here. Emily yeah. is like, we need to go find that uh, creepy kid, Seth, and show him this video of Melissa just to be sure. You know, like, I want some confirmation that uh, Zeth really did have psychic visions of Melissa right. wanting and to he, hurt Allie. And there's two couples in that video. There's four people, two couples. So mm-hmm. let's figure out which man and woman, you know, was he referring to? Hannah doesn't want to do that. Um, uh, but Spencer brings up, you know, hey, that kid knew how Allison died. That was not in the papers. Mm-hmm. Like, she's and, not saying this kid's psychic, but, like, they're not not everybody knew that. And then just then, Mona shows up, and she's like, hey, did you guys get a text? And, of course, they lie to her, and they're like, no, no, we're still waiting. Yeah. And Mona's got some shower gel. She's going to go wash ten layers of shame. <laughs> yeah, Emily gets Hannah agrees not saying anything to Mona, because this is basically Spencer's family that's at stake here. Mm-hmm. So Hannah agrees, okay, we'll go show that creepy fucking kid this is after mona's gone upstairs to shower yeah but um that's the only stop we're making before we go to the cops yeah we're just gonna swing by brookhaven on the way to the police station and also because the last arcade fire album was pretty good Mm -hmm. um so then we cut over to ezra's apartment where Arya shows up and she's like hey good news they're calling off boarding school well i like how she's like oh i thought you had to work tonight and he's like nope not anymore Arya doesn't pick up on that. And she's like, well, you know, boarding school's off the table. Uh, I had to bring up some pretty ugly shit, but hey, I won the battle. That's she's all that like, matters. She's like, ain't no thing to Arya. Mm-hmm. And Ezra's like, what I do. Ezra's like, well, we may have just lost the war because I got fired. And Arya's like, rats. <laughs> <laughs> there goes Arya's like a uh, boner. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's Toby and Jenna. Yeah, Toby cut the, comes. Cut the Jenna thing here. Yeah, Toby comes into Jenna's room to tell her that dinner is ready. He happens to notice, she's not hungry, he happens to notice that her window's open and that right out through her window, you can see that Garrett's car is clearly like parked across the street from their house. And he's basically like, what the fuck is this? Is this like a thing now? Is that asshole always going to be out there like watching us? Mm-hmm. And Jenna's um, like, oh, he's watching us? I want, there's something I should give you. And she she pulls out a piece of paper that she claims not to know what it is, even though she does. It's like a folded piece of paper, yeah. Yeah, and she's like, Garrett asked me to keep it safe. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think maybe you should see it. And Toby's like, this is page five of Alice De Laurentiis' autopsy report. You know, like, why do you have this? And and Jenna's like, oh, wow, I, I think the police should have this. Like, uh, take me to the police station. You're very innocent. Yeah, but, like, it's to the audience, though, it's just like, oh, my God, you bitch. Like... Anybody who picked up on how creepy and mm-hmm. what a game like Jenna was playing earlier in her scene of the liars, it's much more solidified here. But, well, but to me, it's funny because earlier it's like maybe I'm just an, an Arya type. I really was feeling Jenna's kind of desperation and desire to like move on with the liars. You know, she she seems very con- sincere and contrite about like letting go of their like weird grudge that they have against each other. And then we see at the end of the episode that nope, she still has games well, I within think games. That you, you these things are not necessarily exclusive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can yeah, you true. could be sympathetic but and, and, and honest and sincere, but you could also be manipulating the fuck out of some people. I mean, um, you, you really just want to see like a big hug between like Spencer and Jenna, but that will never happen. Because yeah. they hate each other. They're yeah, they're not gonna smoke the peace pipe. Um, mm-hmm. but this scene is almost kind of sad because uh, how hard is it to manipulate Toby? 
Well, it's not even the manipulating Toby part. It's really like, she's like, you know what? That Garrett asshole's become a liability. Time to burn him. Yeah, yeah. She's um it's like, hey, guess what, Garrett? You put your trust in the long, wrong blind chick. Because <laughs> she's going to nail your ass to the wall now. She's like, oh, I didn't know what it was. I'm blind. This girl who's decided that an asset of hers has run its course and now must be destroyed. Uh, who he else avoided this, Garrett, by not being such a creep? But who else makes these kinds of hefty decisions on the show? <laughs> makes you wonder. Well, and beyond that. Um, so, meanwhile, the other three liars, minus Arya, are on their way to the doll shop. They're walking down the street of Brookhaven. Um, and Hannah says, it's, it's late at night. And Hannah <laughs> says, do you think it's too late? And Spencer's just like, yes. <laughs> but the door is open, apparently. So they just go in. And there's some half-hearted, like, hello, hello, anyone here? I'm going to keep walking in. Uh, this place is even spookier at night, of course, because there's very few lights on. Mm-hmm. No one seems to be there, so they head downstairs. Uh, and then they instantly find a whole box of those voodoo dolls. And so yeah. they're like, well, that bitch was lying. Like, yeah. there's a whole shitload of these. So then, of course, all of the remaining lights cut out. All the lights go out. Hannah's like, let's get the fuck out of here. And then the creepiest fucking thing ever happens. You want to try to do it? He's like, like me, follow me and end up like me. Like this like robotic voice starts saying it like it's like it's cranking up to full speed. It's basically, I mean, I, I remember this from a child. It's that, you know, when you started your record player, you'd put the needle down. Yeah. But if you had the needle already on the record and you started the record player, it kind of just warped into reality. Because that speed up, yeah. Follow me, end up like me. Follow me, end up like me. Yeah, that yeah. The voice saying "follow me, end up like me" is playing over and over again. It's this weird, creepy, like doll-like electronic voice. Creepy, that, all caps. Mm-hmm. This this moment, like I don't know if a podcast will do it justice, but like it's just operatic and it's like insanity. Um, there's like all these it's dark there's all these doll parts and doll faces everywhere there's creepy voices and so they start to follow the source of this noise and it's like panning across these like shells of doll faces and then one of the doll faces fucking eyes move because they're like human eyes behind the doll face presumably it's like zeth and it's like it's shit your pants creepy (laughs) like This scene is like, it's really like, wow, like they, they really blew it out for like an ABC family show here. It's this macabre, gothic, monstrous mess. I mean, like it's the kind of thing to to reference him again. Tim Burton would probably jack off to this. Um, It's like the, the, the show producers and directors and whatnot, they've been operating at like an eight and they just like turned it up to 11. Yeah. 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 Let's uh let's creep the fuck out of everyone watching this goddamn show. <laughs> so Blow they, the roof off this motherfucker. They find like the source of this place while a fucking this noise, doll yeah. with human eyes is watching them. And they open up this kind of cabinet and there's this like lit diorama. It's you know, it's dark inside except for this diorama. There's like an Allison doll with a bloody head wound. Mm-hmm. It's half out of like a grave of dirt, waving a shovel around and saying, Follow me, end up like me. Same, yeah, same sweater, blonde hair, blood down the side of her head. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's like if you and your buddy were in some kind of terrifying moment like this and then your friend vomited on you. 
Mm-hmm. That's basically what opening this cabinet is like. This, and then, um, as if this wasn't just horrifying enough as it is, yeah. suddenly, like the whole place starts to come alive, and all these doll parts start like flying at them from different directions. Mm-hmm. There's like one of those monkey dolls starts banging its cymbals. And, yes, yes. And they're all just like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." Yeah. At one point, Hannah drops her laptop. They pick it up. They pick it up just in time as a shelf, like a big, giant, heavy shelf, topples over beside them. A shelf full of doll parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, these three girls are running out of this this basement area, this doll hospital. They've all shit their pants. I mean, yeah. you can't see it because ABC Family, but it, it's expected. And clearly, Brookhaven sits on the fucking hellmouth. Yeah, yeah, this is like murderously terrifying. Um, and which which really you should be infuriated by is because you know what? When I was a child, the monkey with the symbols was always a pure, beautiful <laughs> image, and now I'm fucking terrified of it. That scene is so goddamn creepy, but just wonderfully executed. Like the show, it this is one of those like they took it to the next level moments here. You're like, wow. Uh, and then of course we cut back to Ezria. Yeah. Um. So Arya's like sitting on the couch, frozen from the news. Ezra's walking back over to sit beside her. Uh, he's just filled up his scotch again, his serious yeah. scotch. And he's like... It's a writing well, man scotch right there. Yeah, he's like, basically what they're saying is that they're no longer offering my class anymore. Which I thought was funny, because like, yeah, basically Hollis College told me, you know, we don't need you anymore, Ezra, because we're not teaching English anymore. Well, no, it'd be like it would be like 20th century English authors or something like that. And so he's like, what they'll do is they're just going to rename it a semester and hire somebody that Byron likes. You know, that's yeah, that's how it is. No more douchey fancy men English. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody ever gets fired straight. anymore. They just find an excuse for you to not show up. Arya's trying to straightforward. She's gathering up all of her remaining human emotions. And she's basically just like... It's treason then. Yeah, she is ready to go to war with her father. And Ezra <laughs> finally is just like, stop. I know this is yeah. not a word you've heard before, Arya <laughs> Montgomery, but stop. Yeah, you're not going to break up your family to keep us together. That's not a choice. <laughs> Chill the fuck out. Yeah. And she actually listens to him, and she's like, well, what are you, you going to do then? And he's like, well, it's simple. I'm going to go to my folks' place for a while. I'm going to send out resumes. I'm going to make cold calls. He's going to regroup. Well, yeah, she's like, well, when are you going to be back? And he's just like, takes a deep breath, and he's just like, look, I can't teach high school or college in this town anymore. <laughs> this is what I do. Yeah, what's left? <laughs> I need to go to a place where I can do this. Um, somewhere right about now, a cover of Wicked Game, uh, the Chris Isaac song, as covered by Gemma Hayes, starts playing here. Should have uh, been Giant Drag, just saying. I, I do like this cover, though. I do like No, that. I mean, musically it works, but it would be, uh... As much as I like Giant Drag... It would be also, fitting for it to be a Giant Drag cover, I guess is what I would the, say. The music in this show is always very bizarre, because it's always, mm-hmm. like, the weird artist that you do recognize, like Giant Drag playing Noel Khan's Party... Uh, the first secret or it's like you know boring nothing artist that is sympathetic with whatever well, to me it's family's record labels are it's always something you've heard and sometimes it's like older music you know like tears for fears um and then it's the other music it's like it, it it's like that music that you used to hear in theaters it's like thank you for listening to the united artists radio network you know like here's a bunch of payola artists you'll never hear on the real yeah. radio yeah like that's what the other music sounds like but this was this was equally strange to me just because I'm actually a huge Gemma Hayes fan. And I was like, when I first heard this, and even now, reminded as I'm watching this for the podcast, I was like, I never knew that she covered <laughs> Wicked Game. Well, that's a, I mean, that's got to be a pr- 
fairly well-covered song, I would think. I never knew that she did it. And she does a wonderful job because it fits mm. the scene. But yeah, Arya starts crying and she says that any place would be lucky to have him. And Ezra's like, do you have any idea how much I love you? And then my notes just say they do it. Because yeah, you, know you know when Wicked Game is playing, there's going to be some sex. Yeah, I mean, cut to like a train entering the tunnel. Over and over and they over. They should have like, sh- like, kind of panned over and showed Ezra was like slowly turning up the dial on his stereo to play yeah. Wicked Game. He's just like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> they, business time. They start, yeah, it's it's sexy time. They start kissing. Um, he takes about twenty five minutes to take off like one layer of her shirts. She I think gets there's like on. a there's like an are you sure? And she nods. I think in here. Yeah. Uh, the bluest balls in the world are finally getting some release. Yeah, like, uh, like twenty seconds later, it's over. If you've ever seen the uh, the scene from South Park where Randy finally gets <laughs> to jack off after two weeks, that's probably what it's going along with Ezra here, right off the cuff camera. Yeah, but like, uh, like he takes off her first layer of shirt and torso coverings. I felt like they might as well have had him like unwrapping her mummy wraps at one <laughs> point. There, there lots of like kissing, then like some skin, then kissing, then some more skin. Eventually, he lays her back on like the mm-hmm. bed. Um, eventually after about five or six minutes of this, the camera just kind of drifts away in a lazy orgasmic haze. Yeah. And congratulations, Spencer Hastings. You're now the only virgin on the show. Aria is no longer a girl. She's now a woman. Mm-hmm. A terrifying woman. Yes. She's quite possibly an evil monster. <laughs> um, so we're in Spencer's room where the other three liars who are not getting laid are packing up the bag of Allison's shit together. Again. Like, yeah, yet again. Um, and so Spencer's just like, they could figure some of this stuff out. Allison even said they could. To which Hannah's like, um, what? Sidebar, what? <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, I had a dream about, yeah, never mind. <laughs> well, I love that she's like, oh, I had a dream about Allison. She told me this stuff. And Hannah's just like, why am I just now hearing about this? <laughs> Like, Allison's giving you info from Beyond the Grave. I'm sympathetic to that. Well, and they don't, like, yet, like, we know that Emily and Spencer, they both know that each other, like, thought they saw Allison. They don't know about Hannah's thing yet. Like, yeah. that that doesn't come up here. Uh, meanwhile, downstairs, because uh, they, they hear a noise, and then we cut to downstairs, and Melissa's coming in the door. Coming in, like, that side door, like, the other door... The hallway that only yeah. the parents exit out of. And Garrett is in tow, like, carrying, like, a big box of shit, because uh, she's, she's pregnant, so, you know, she can't but carry But there's it. something about the way, the the wonderful way that Tori DeVito plays Melissa, mm-hmm. where she kind of steps into the living room area, which really is just, like, the main stage of the play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where all the action takes place, for the most part. She steps into it kind of like she's looking around, like... Like, secretly, she knows that either Spencer or her friends and or us, the audience, is there. And that, okay, you're there. Now the scene can pr- progress. Yeah, I mean, it's well, really, like, written like a scene, like a, like a play. Um, Garrett's putting the, the big box down, and she gives him a little smooch. So there's definitely, there's there's no ambigu- ambiguity there about what's going on. You know? you know exactly what kind of, let's say, boyfriend or whatever Garrett is, because when We've already seen that, yeah. But when she says something like, you didn't have to carry that for me, he's just like, I don't want you caring any more than you already are. Um, and she's playing it up. Oh, do you want a beer? You're off duty. When he's in uniform. 
And he's like, no, I'll just take a soda. He, they hear a noise. He's very paranoid that someone might be around. Can I just interject? Spencer, yeah. Would you like to have a beer with Melissa Hastings? Oh, hell yes. Um, Of the, like, top five uh, actors from this mm-hmm. show that I would love to have on the podcast for an interview, definitely Tori DeVito. She's maybe number five, maybe number four. She's apparently the kind of girlfriend that wants to get you a beer when you get in. Um, real quick, dude, like if you could have five of the actors on the show. Uh, number one would be Troy and number two would be yep. Janelle Parrish. Uh, then probably Sasha P. Tursa, Tori DeVito, and probably Ashley Benson would be my number five. Wow, really? Okay, not mm-hmm. even Lucy Hale. No. I would agree with you only because every time I've seen an interview of Lucy Hale, uh, I feel like, I, I don't know, like maybe I would, someone I would say would she's almost like too. Accident. Well, I, I also think Lucy Hale is like far too trained as a, an interviewee. Okay. Like, I don't know if we'd get as interesting a material out of her as we get out of the other actresses. I'm endlessly fascinated because we watched uh, the Paley Fest thing of the liars from season four last mm-hmm. night. And I'm endlessly fascinated because Lucy Hale says that, unlike Arya, she is not at all a romantic. <laughs> like, she doesn't have a romantic bone. Yeah, that was, like, the weirdest thing she said in that and, Paley like, Fest. Like, that alone, she's certainly, like, number six on my mm-hmm. list. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, no offense, bro. Bottom of my list, like, absolute bottom, would be Keegan Allen. Aww. Keegan was kind of funny in the Paley cast. He I would talk he to terrible. the guy who plays Jonah. First. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, I know. It's a low blow. <laughs> Keegan's just busy making a chair somewhere. I want to like talk to like potentially like the the people who do Toby's hair more than I want to talk to Toby because <laughs> they're they're the real struggle. Um. So yeah. So you'd put like Yanni Gelman, the guy who plays Garrett, above Keegan Allen. Yeah, because he's doing some weird shit there. Like, first of all, what were you thinking? Like, what was your process with the whole like? How did I get here? Do I even have a car? Like, how do you interpret like that dialogue onto like action? Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, that's a that's a brilliant little monologue for a minute there. As long as we're talking about the Paley Fest, yes. I have to say, Sasha Petersa, she's like barely eighteen. She's like disturbingly well spoken and like professional for someone that young. Like, you uh, would never know that she was, like, the youngest member of the cast. Amazingly, like, like very poised, mm-hmm. very reserved. Yeah. Um, not interjecting a whole lot. Like, you could tell a lot of the other actors, uh, uh, except for, like, Keegan Allen, really wanted to get, like, their bit in. You mm-hmm. know? Um, not, I mean, some of them were just comfortable. This, this was their stage, just their arena. It's basically just an extension of what they probably, like, sit through, like, every day on the sh- side of the show. But like uh, some of them really wanted to get like a, like like the spotlight on them for a few months here and there. Sasha Pieter, like uh, not so much. She didn't need it. It's you know, it, it came off like a, an amazing sense of confidence. I thought as an actor. Well, and maybe I'm just making this connection because they're both from South Africa. But mm-hmm. she did remind me a lot of Charlize Theron, and just this like a just a slight tinge of uh, exoticness. You know, like she's from a different country. A different way of doing things. Uh, well, I mean, in the future of the show, there's the black and white episode, the film noir episode. But she really has this kind of uh, look that's 
not timeless per se, but it's certainly from like a much earlier time. Mm-hmm. Like she almost does not fit in with the other four main girls, you know? Yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, Garrett thought he heard a noise. And he's like, is there anyone here? And Alyssa's just like, don't worry. There's no way Spencer's going to turn that video in. Trust me. Well, at first she's like, I don't think so. But then when it actually comes to Spencer, uh, he starts to ask her a question. Like, you know, like, you think your sister will. And she's like, don't worry. I have been scaring her <laughs> since before she was born. There is no way that she or her friends are turning that video in. Trust me. And they hear another noise, and yeah. you know Garrett's kind of creeping towards the stairway as we're we're sure that it is like you know the liars behind the stairway well there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like reaching for his gun. Um, yeah. but then there's a knock at the door, and it's like the you know the chief detective and some other cop, and they're like, "Hey, Garrett Reynolds, we need you to surrender your weapon." And he's just like, "Fine, but what the fuck, you know?" So like, as soon as they get his weapon, they're like, "You're under arrest." And just as this is happening, the Spencer and, and Emily and Hannah come downstairs and Garrett is, uh, he's, you know, he's like, why am I being arrested? It's for the murder of Allison Dillarentis. What? And Melissa's like fairly flabbergasted by this. And then she like looks up and she sees Spencer watching on the stairs and like eyes narrow and they kind of like make eye contact with each other. And it's Spencer's wonderful. even freaked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Spencer's like, what the fuck? Like, really? Garrett? <laughs> Um, Because this was this was not you know in her ledger, yeah, yeah. So villainous music like crescendo. We cut to of course Jenna's room. Jenna's in front of her mirror, taking her makeup off. She's taking off some lipstick. Her eyes are still very unfocused, you know. And then suddenly a a fly lands on the mirror, and out of nowhere, Jenna thinks smacks it with a newspaper. And then she kind of smiles as she grabs a tissue and wipes off the smear from the mirror. Mm-hmm. Very obviously, she can see now. Yeah. Bitch can see. Yeah, she starts to examine her eyes in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And she kind of like smiles at herself and like raises her eyebrows. Jenna thing has a secret. Mm-hmm. That bitch can fucking see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to the doll hospital down that basement like level. Mm-hmm. The doll shit's all over the floor now. Uh, the old lady's like cleaning up and putting stuff back in bins. Uh, and she says, uh, you know, I know what her deal was, but this is a lot more than I bargained for. This is, she's talking to A. A mm-hmm. showed up. And A hands her an envelope full of cash and she just kind of like smiles and like, sm- sm- you know, smirks and kind of, and then kind of like, you know, with her eyes directs over to Zeth and <laughs> he walks over to Zeth and gives him a big ass lollipop. Like, like yeah. he, he's paid off the old lady with cash, and he pays off the kid with a big lollipop, like one of those like giant like spiral lollipops, yeah, mm-hmm. like you'd get from like Disneyland or something, yeah. Uh, and so, basically, what that A tag tells us is that everything that happened with the doll hospital was a total setup. Yeah, it was all a big con to suggest Melissa as a suspect, to suggest that Jenna wasn't the suspect, and to scare the shit out of the liars, like. No, he the kid's not psychic, you know. Like every everything was all designed by A to fuck it's, with him. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great. It's I mean, it's because at that point, you the audience member, like you're like, what the hell's going on? And then you're just like, oh, I just got played, just as A would play somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
it's very juicy, especially considering how over the top and creepy everything <laughs> in that doll hospital was. Oh, and then you're just like, damn. Well done, eh? Yeah, A is it's a it's a level of like showmanship that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, and it you know the liars are completely wrapped around A's finger now, mm-hmm. and you know if Jenna thing is A, she just played it fairly masterfully. She can see again. The liars don't know this. The liars think that she's apologized and is now you know like you know in a detente with them. Mm-hmm. They they got from uh, Zeth the, the fake psychic kid that she's not the suspect. So if you were if you were making your guesses now, Jenna wouldn't be a bad one. I mean, Melissa. There's a lot of smoke with Melissa, but you just kind of get the feeling like there's too much. Yeah, a little bit. Well, and if Melissa is A, then A is you know dealing with some things. Mm-hmm. Like things aren't going fully A's way. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think Melissa had a hand in like burning Garrett there. But yeah, basically yeah, you you're going out of this episode, you're going into the finale with I would think at least a good handful of suspects. Um mm-hmm. they're doing a good job of going to the end of season 2, basically ramping up like the confusion the the just general like like distrust of like your own senses to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. The red herrings are on fire. Oh, and they've, like, turned Spencer against her whole family. Yeah. Like, Spencer doesn't know who to trust now. She can't trust Melissa. She can't trust her dad. She can't trust her mom. Well, it's kind of funny. Is that usually, like, when Emily's world's on fire, the other three girls are fine. Mm -hmm. Right now, Emily doesn't have a whole lot of, like, uh, problems other than her dad's going, like, Afghanistan for Mm -hmm. six months. And it's like all the other girls are just being massacred. Well, Emily does have the whole Maya situation. Which is really, like, I feel like that would be less of a situation if they had properly broken up in person. But because they didn't, there's, like, this, like, lingering something. I'd like to think that, like, Emily's getting more and more okay with the absence of Maya. I think by now she's probably just annoyed. She's just like, what the fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to, like, keep it a secret that you're alive from your parents for some reason. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sick of this bullshit. Like, Emily's, like, sick of the drama with Maya right now, I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Emily, like, if I was Emily's friend, my counsel would be like, don't respond to that text message. Yeah. Yeah, just delete her from your phone. Yeah, really. It's crazy. So, yeah, now we're going into the very last episode of season two where, I mean, I, I no spoilers at all, but you can clearly tell this is going somewhere. Something fucking huge is going to happen in season, at the end of season two here. The title of the episode is Unmasked. With the so, uh, the A is a big A, you know, capital I mean, A. Come on, folks. Yeah. You know what that means. You know what that means. It means you're going to get some reveals. Some masks are going to come off. It means follow us, end up like us. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Any trivia for this episode? I don't know if there is really. Uh, obviously, if these dolls could talk, as a play on if these walls could talk, mm-hmm. a uh, HBO TV movie about AIDS. Not really related to this in any way. <laughs> uh, yeah. The writers are Oliver Goldstick and Maya Goldsmith. That must get confusing. Yeah, really? Mm-hmm. It was Goldstick who was at the Paley thing, right? Yeah, Goldstick was at the Paley Fest. 
along with uh, Joseph Doherty, I think. And and I'm Arlene King. Mm. You might have had some work done. So, big things in this episode. Arya punched her V-card. Yeah. They uh, met a psychic boy who told them about how Allison died. Is there anyone we can rule out as A at this point? Um, Emily. Emily. <laughs> well, if, uh, if you're going to like remove Caleb. the, if you're going to remove the four liars from the equation, can you rule out Caleb? Mm, good point. It would be a pretty good power move. Caleb would certainly know about the whole making out thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah true, true. Well, and you know the cyberwolf can pocket text. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, he wouldn't need to do that. He would, like, set it up on, like, a timer or something if he really needed um, to. What about Garrett? Is Garrett now? Ah, it's Do hard, to be, believe that hard to be A from stupid? jail. I feel like if Garrett could be a henchman, I don't think he can be A. Hmm. But I mean, too, too stupid to trust Jenna. There are some characters that I feel like are just too stupid to to be A. Um, Jason DeLaurent is one of those characters. <laughs> Garrett's one of those characters. What about Fitz? Could he be A right now? Hmm. He's like, like sneaking away from Arya the bed while Arya's asleep to go pay off the uh, the lady at the doll hospital. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean he's got some free time now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I... maybe it's Ashley Marin. Ooh, maybe it's Ella. Where is Byron right now? Do we really know? Yeah, yeah. Byron's suspiciously absent this episode. I mean, you want to get crazy. Where also, the fuck is, Toby. Where the fuck is Wayne Fields right now? <laughs> He's in a rest stop somewhere. <laughs> um, I am on the edge of my fucking seat. Like, like so excited about the finale of season two. Yes, that will be coming up next. S2E25. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? No, just looking forward to the next episode. Alright, well, we will talk about that very soon. Bye-bye.